Building your business was hard. Getting out of it on your terms can be even harder. Welcome to the Tobin Leff M&A Podcast, where you can rewrite the next chapter of your life with the help of business owners who have been in your shoes. In the past decade, Tobin Leff has completed over 125 successful merger and acquisition and exit planning engagements across the U.S. with a focus on marketing, advertising, PR, and digital firms. Go online to TobinLeff.com to learn about the latest in business so that you can build and monetize your company value. Join us now for today's conversation. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of the Tobin Leff M&A podcast. I'm David Tobin, founder and managing partner of Tobin Leff, and I am thrilled to be joined today by a friend and client, Elizabeth Shea. Elizabeth is so, so qualified to speak on our topic today, the topic being strategic M&A communications to maximize deal value. And I say that she's qualified because in addition to advising strategic buyers and M&A buyers throughout the country on M&A deals, she did her own deal where she sold her firm successfully. And we're going to talk about that. So Elizabeth, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you, David. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Oh, you're quite welcome. So I'm going to jump right in. So I mentioned that you sold your firm. So Elizabeth was the founder and CEO of Speakerbox Communications. We worked together, and in December of 2018, you sold your firm to REQ, a digital marketing agency. You and I planned that transaction for more than a year before the event. So if I may, Elizabeth, the first question that I know our listeners would love to hear, how did your strategic communications plan contribute to attracting a number of strong offers from multiple suitors? Well, David, I think it starts with the fact that with a lot of our clients who tend to be technology companies and are typically looking for an exit at some point, what we've advised them, and we just took the medicine ourselves, if you will, is to start 12 to 18 months prior to any particular exit or deal that you're looking for and really think about who you might want to sell to, who might be part of your exit plan. And in our case, I wasn't looking at this as an exit. I was looking at this as what's the, what's the future of the company? What does the future of the company hold? And who's the right kind of a buyer that can help us to grow our company to a place where we probably may not have been able to build it ourselves. So about a year ahead of time, we started really looking at the kind of buyer we would like. Was it gonna be a private equity company? Would it be who particularly might be interested in growth? Would it be a strategic acquirer who might have a set of services that we didn't have ourselves? And so based on that profile of the ideal suitor, we started to think about what was important to them. And so for a private equity firm, for example, they're typically about rolling up companies that are fast growth, high growth, and that might have um, similar services to other firms within their portfolio. For a strategic acquirer, which is the path that we decided to go down, it was more about, what other services that could we provide? What's the footprint that we could give to them that would be high value and that would also benefit us? So for example, since we're in the public relations field and we primarily work with tech companies, 
What we found we were lacking was the ability to provide digital services to our client base, and that was becoming increasingly important. So the suitor that we ended up um, you know, electing to go with, which was REQ, they basically had a hole in the earned media category, and we had a hole in the digital sites they provided. So it was a really nice marrying for that. So for us to be able to look at what are the things that are important, we needed to raise our visibility in front of those kinds of companies and do it in a way that was leveraging our communications expertise. So putting out press releases, putting out, you know, trying to win some awards that would make sense, really highlighting our leadership team because the leadership team is going to be a very important part of what an acquirer is going to be looking for. So we really had our own story that we spent time cultivating and nurturing for, for about a good year, year and a half prior to the transaction. So that was pretty much how we got our, our start together. Great. In case in point, we went out to potential buyers that Tobin left knew of. We built a database. You provided names to us as well. You ended up signing a purchase agreement, as mentioned, with REQ. It was somebody that came off of your list. And when I reached out to them, they knew of you. They knew of Speakerbox Communications. It made our entree and the relationship building that much easier because of your brand and name recognition. Yes. So I think all of the, in, you know, in, in the same way that we tell our clients, these are the, we, we instruct our, we advise our clients, think about the footprint that you have. Think about your brand. You know, this isn't the time to be the cobbler who doesn't have, who kids don't have shoes. Yes. Not correctly, but um, to the extent that we really needed to, to take our own medicine and make sure that when companies came to visit us, when suitors came to visit our website or see our profile, they saw a really strong message and that they were left with a story that we wanted to imprint upon their, in their minds. So we needed to tell the story. What is our why? Why do we want to sell? Why was mm -hmm. this important to us? And again, it not, that isn't necessarily an exit. It's more a transition to the next phase and the next path for Speakerbox. So for us to say, for us to be able to have someone like REQ know who we are and know what our reputation is all about, that made all the difference in the world. Good. In other strategies, I know you employed as it relates to increasing value leading up to your M&A transaction. Your internal team was so on board. When we had meetings with potential buyers, it was not just you, Elizabeth, but you brought your key people in. So I assume that was all planned and part of your internal communications strategy. Yes. And I think all too often I see companies, even within our client base, be reluctant to bring in their internal team and particularly the leadership. But I believe it's really, really important to have your leadership team on board and get them excited about this because they're going to be part of the best, they're going to be one of the best assets within this transaction to carry forward. And so this was not a decision that I made on my own. I brought in the leadership team. We decided together that this was going to be the kind of company that we would want to sell to, that we would want to, even if it was just a merger, what is it that we were looking to find? And they were completely on board. And our entire team was aware of the fact that we were looking for a suitor and we're excited about it. So the more that they could get excited about it, that's going to help the retention. 
that's going to help them feeling a part of the solution. And that's going to be of high value, in my opinion, to a potential suitor. Because that because then everyone's on board and they really get a sense for for what the future of the company is going to look like. Yes. And carry that forward, please. Leading up to the transaction, of course, it's always the question when to inform clients, when to inform other stakeholders. How did you handle? So this is so, so important. We we had a communications matrix, is what we called it, where we itemized who would need to be informed when and out of courtesy to our clients, especially the ones that we've had for a long time, most of them knew ahead of time with personal phone calls. We spent a lot of time on this and I think it's time well spent because the clients really got excited about it because for them, there was a value in the fact that we were now a part of a larger organization with a deeper set of services. So we personally called every single client. We had different levels within the client base that were informed. So some of my team members would talk to their contacts and I might talk to the CEO or the CMO. So to have that level of communication engagement, we had our story, we had an FAQ that was really nailed down as to why this was happening, what benefit it had for our clients, what benefit it had for REQ and what it meant moving forward so we could paint that picture. And that is a critical, critical step. And it was not only our client base, but also our partner ecosystem. So mm-hmm. the, the attorneys that might be giving us referrals, the, the other, you know, the venture capitalists within the tech community, making sure that people really had a sense for why this was happening. And it all started with an FAQ that we spent many, many hours developing and refining. So that's a very important piece of, of communications as you go through the transaction. And it may not have been weeks and weeks in advance, but it was well-timed that we just blocked off the week before the transaction happened. Um, we also did our own PR push to really make this known to the media since, of course, being in PR, we have to yes. engage with the media partners. So we had, ex- we had an exclusive with a local publication. We had um, stories all lined up so that when the news hit, it was there was a lot of fanfare around it as opposed to, oh, by the way, this person left. Because a lot of people might assume in a transaction that, the CEO or the leadership team is going to exit. And in my case, that wasn't the deal. Our plan mm-hmm. was that we would continue on as a part of the organization, which is very typical. So we had to make sure that that was well communicated, that this is going to be an ongoing entity with, you know, a, kind of a force multiplier of, of talent within the, within the organization. Great. And I know around the transaction, you had open houses. There was... Yes social media that you also continued yes we did we had we had um, parties we had just celebrated our 20th anniversary being in business and so there was a lot of publicity just around that and having people to our office and being able to really celebrate and we did road shows with our client base and introduced the req leadership team to some of our clients and members of the ecosystem so we spent a lot of time really celebrating the the union of the two companies and making sure that we were as visible as possible in a, in a, in a positive way. So Tripp and I did a couple of radio interviews. We had um, our pictures together in the press release. So it was really about the union as opposed to it being an acquisition that might sound scary or bad. It really wasn't, it was a positive move and that was very deliberate. Great, great. So in a moment, I do wanna ask you to provide your insights and advice to potential buyers who are growing 
or trying to grow their enterprises with strategic acquisitions. But any additional tips for sellers if somebody's thinking about selling their company as it relates to strategic communications? If, yes, I think that if, if you're looking to sell your company, I think it's really important to make sure you're, you're delivering the right kind of message to the type of buyer that you want. I mean, we, in the same way that we have our ideal client, we also specified, here's what our ideal buyer looks like. And if Mm -hmm. you know what that is, then you can customize your own communications and your own marketing and PR efforts to map to that, to look attractive, to promote your value proposition. In our case, we thought they're either going to come, a company's either going to come to us because of our PR services and particularly our tech client base, or they're going to come to us because of a DC footprint. And Mm -hmm. so in both cases, the communication strategy is going to be different. We ended up going with the messaging to say, we'd like to be with a company that doesn't just want the DC footprint, but wants the expertise of our PR services. So, So if you really understand who you want to sell to that makes your communications plan that much easier, and then it's not so scattershot. So I would recommend that that be where you start and then start early and start often. And you know, David, I've worked with you and followed you in your podcast for, for many years. And I remember one of the things that was imprinted in my brain that you said many years ago was build a company to sell, even if you're not selling it, because then you'll build a, a good company. And I think that's really important to continually be thinking about maybe the exit isn't right imminent in the future, but at some point you do want to think about what that looks like and continue to build your company that way. So having the marketing plan up front, really thinking through the communications internally and then within your ecosystem and then to your client base as you go through the transaction, that's so critically important. And then post-acquisition is even more important, making sure that you continue to communicate positive news so that people are thinking, wow, this is really a force to be reckoned with and what a great decision. I've had so many people say to me, that was a really smart acquisition. And, you know, Mm -hmm. congratulations, Elizabeth, and your team for making that happen. So, Elizabeth, one last question for our listeners. Let's shift gears and put ourselves on the other side of the table, representing buyers, owners, and executives who want to build enterprise value with a build strategy that includes acquisitions. What would be your advice, your recommendations for those executives and owners? Well, I think for those owners, we've represented a couple of companies at our agency that were looking to do exactly that, to build enterprise value. And I think it comes down to, in the same way on the sell side, looking at strategic, you know, is this a strategic acquisition or is it a financial decision? And I think it's important to articulate what that vision is because anyone that you might want to acquire should understand where their role might be and and what 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 role they can play in that regard. So one of the big things that I think is often overlooked is a demonstration of the kind of culture that your company has and brings to the table. And that culture can be communicated through Glassdoor reviews, through your Facebook or social media handles, making sure that you don't forget those valuable channels for communicating to companies that might want to be acquired. Um, what you would bring to the table for them. And I think if you're a financial acquirer, you want to roll up a bunch of companies that eventually later you might want to exit, you know, looking at growth awards, making sure you go for those so that that message is clearly communicated to the companies that want to come along with your, on your journey. And I'd probably say the last thing is 
The internal communications is an important component, making sure that your team knows what it is you're trying to accomplish so that they can help be ambassadors for you and for your vision. So internal communications for the company that you already own in addition to internal communications, once you acquire that company, that's also gonna be key. Great, great, very helpful. And to support what you said about articulating your vision, a quick interesting case study. We have a client, we help them so far with four small acquisitions. This client has a very deliberate strategy to make his universe aware that he is a buyer. Whenever he speaks at Mm -hmm. conferences, he lets everybody know if you're thinking about selling or monetizing, be sure to contact us. It's an important part of his communication strategy to put it out there that their company is a place for certain types of companies to look to monetize. In case in point, three of the four acquisitions came because of prospects he identified a couple years ago. So Elizabeth, thank you again. And if I may, I know that if we have listeners who may be interested in help with their strategic communications, whether they're a buyer or seller, I know you had mentioned you'd be more than happy to speak with them. So if somebody would like to get in touch with you, your email is eshea at req.co. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Good. Well, thank you again for your insights and your experience. I know our listeners will welcome this podcast. Thanks again. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure working with you through this process. So um, top notch. Thank you for sharing that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye all. Thanks for listening to the Tobin Leff M&A podcast produced by Hannah Vaughn with music by Holt Vaughn. Visit our website at tobinleff.com for case studies, additional resources, and to get in touch with our experts. Subscribe today and never miss an episode.